0: To what? It is your part documentary, part roundtable podcast with a sprinkling of competition. I'm your host, Ellie Main, and joining me, as I have every week, is the wonderful Chelsea Half And we also have Connor, friend of the pod,
1: back with us this week. How are we all doing? Good. Connor, what's it like to be like a one name celebrity, like Prince, Madonna, Connor, Cher, Connor?
2: I mean, I feel like I've been working up to this my whole life. I'm just (laughs) glad to finally be here.
0: Oh, that's so sweet. Well, to me, I think you're actually our Conmore in my phone. Yeah. Um, Well, and in
2: a Texas Democrat fundraising database.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Beto O'Rourke also thinks that your name is Conmore. Conmore, please. Conmore, please. (laughs) Speaking of like, just like new and inventive ways to try to get people's attention. Yeah. Ellie, and also audience, can I tell you about something incredibly cursed? Please. Today. Is it it blessed or is it truly cursed? Oh, no, it's truly cursed. Okay, perfect. So, okay, so you know how like, we are like living the millennial dream in the sense that (laughs) Connor's daddy uh, bought a house and we lived live in it oh yes okay yeah, yeah. so connor daddy bought a house and we live in it which means sometimes we get mail addressed to connor's daddy which like is not offensive because he owns the house right and it's just like fine that should make that makes like, sense like people are like we don't want to talk to you millennial poors we like to talk to the rich <laughs> boomer who owns this house and money like, that's fair the true
2: lord of the land <laughs> the true
1: lord of the land <laughs> yeah uh so we received a, a mail today that was addressed to daddy and that makes sense right it was in an envelope mm-hmm. the envelope had been printed with a photograph of the front of our house (gasps) with my car and our roommate's car in the driveway. Like a Google street view photo of our house. Why? So it said, to daddy, open please. And then the actual envelope <laughs> had been printed with a photo of our house with our cars in front of it. Ew. Well, it, it felt threatening. Yeah, that's a bit like, scary. Honestly, because then I opened it and it was like, Daddy, you're paying too much for homeowner's insurance. Yeah. And I was like, ow. No. But I was just like, this is, <laughs> I think this is meant to be like, hey, we're serious. We are not just sending this to anybody. We know who you are and we know what your car's like. We know yeah. where, where you live. We know where you live and we know what your car looks like. But Isn't that true
2: of any piece of mail you receive?
1: But baby, that's what I'm saying. they weren't just like going down a list of like of like arbitrary addresses they were like this house (laughs) looks like this and it has these cars in front of it i do not think human eyes it doesn't matter i'm saying it's so creepy you know what it's it's creepy in the same way that like in future movies that's what they're called um (laughs) they show like advertisements where you walk past and they're like conmore we noticed you do not have milk would you like to buy milk and you're like why do you know that it's like that chelsea you don't even know but You
0: are stepping on the toes of my topic. Oh, my God.
1: (laughs) You've yes.
0: no idea You've no idea I have no idea But I will at some point Oh you will at some point Probably tonight Hopefully <laughs> Probably soon I have bought something Really fun from Amazon That TikTok told me to buy Okay That I want The specific people In this room Plus some more maybe To partake in And it is A cold case game Oh yes Where we drink wine And sit together And we solve a cold case In oh, like, an okay. I do love in the, in the solving mystery Yeah so it's like A murder mystery But not like in the part Where you're like I'm Mr. Blah 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 And this is what I have to say now. It's like, we have to figure out who done did it.
1: I'm Elevator and I got pushed down the stairs. No. Not like that like <laughs> that? <No. laughs> was that off the dome? <laughs> it's from when I was a kid. I had a Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego game and all the villains had uh, unnamed. unnamed yeah. yeah. Is that like Where's Wally? No, you don't know about Carmen Sandiego? Yeah, right, yeah. Wait, yeah. Carmen Sandiego didn't make it across the pond? It probably did. I, don't, I just don't I mean, know. Just okay. around the whole imagine, world. imagine the hottest woman that a child could think of <laughs> and put her <laughs> A red that trench coat. Is Such a confusing <laughs> sentence. <Hang on>. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, "What do children like? They like fucking smoke show babes in red trench coats with matching wide-brimmed hats. <laughs> oh who yeah, they can, who they can never find. <gasps> oh, yeah. it's like Kim Possible's hot aunt. Yeah. yeah so, where in the world was well, Carmen Diego Was like a like a series of like media, like games and books and little like learning tools that I think were able to teach children like geography, but yeah, it was like this smoking hot babe named Carmen San Diego, and she was just out there, and you had to find her, and you could never find her. Yeah. you just well, could
2: Another case of uh, the media lying to children. Yeah, it's oh, true. Gosh. Because I did find. One. Oh, babe. <gasps>
1: Aww. By the way, this is like a total left field, but it makes sense to me and that's what matters. Have you and Miles figured out your couple's costume for my Halloween party that you are going to come to? Do you hear me, Laura Mean? Uh, Ew. We
0: actually have. Okay. Quite by accident. Because we were in Kansas City this weekend because Miles was at a convention and I like to go and experience a new American city that I haven't been to before. (laughs) The last one that we went to was Chicago and that had a lot more to offer as a solo wanderer than Kansas City, Missouri. Sure. I found myself Some gems. such as the World War One museum that is there. And it was very, very lovely. I had some bones to pick with it because it was, in my view, wholly divided into 50% Europe and 50% America, which in well, fact yeah. that was not how the war went. Are you sure? <laughs> they were like, and then everyone went to war and it got real bad and they asked us to help and we said no. And then we did and we saved everyone. Yeah. Yeah. That's, but That's how
2: I've always heard that World yeah. War One went down. Yeah. And it's also the same war as World War 2
0: I've heard that they're the same. There's part one and part two. Yeah. Well, I went to the gift shop as one does in a museum and I had to buy this print that was like World War One. I, I guess kind of like Sign up for the war propaganda to try and encourage the Americans to sign up, mm-hmm. but it said side by side with Britannia, and it's uh, <laughs> Uncle Sam arms locked with Britannia, and they're walking, and he has an eagle, and she has a lion, and Aww. I was like,
1: Miles, this is what we're doing <laughs> Halloween. That is actually really cute. <laughs> I
0: am the female embodiment of Britain, and he can be Uncle Sam with the stupid little beard.
1: <laughs> and then you guys can can you have like a little like eagle beanie baby and a little lion beanie well, baby? I'll, just, I'll bring Cheeseball on a leash because <laughs> she'll do so well. Yes, <laughs> Yeah, she'll do. Get- <laughs> She just drew blood. Uh, She's swatting at you. <laughs> um, you touched a tail. Connor and I are talking about being um, okay. So you know how there's Waluigi. Sure. Okay. So you know how there's Mario and Luigi. Yeah. And then they have girlfriends Peach and Daisy. Yeah. And then there's Wario and Waluigi. Yeah. So like, who are their girlfriends? It implies like the, <laughs> it implies the supposed existence of a Wa Peach and a Wa Daisy. <laughs> even though they've never been seen in the games uh-huh. so we're gonna be oh, well, Peach, <laughs> yeah so we're gonna be Waluigi and Daisy. I do like that which the fun part about that is that I get to come up with like the costume for Daisy. that is good and then Connor just gets to go wang <laughs> <laughs> perfect you know your lines already and you know what you got it babe saying.
0: yeah you nailed it <sighs> I don't know if I have a fact bang other I can bang story. you <laughs> please do god Laura please. you heard it here first <laughs>
1: <laughs> no well <laughs> let's just let's bang it out you know let's, what i mean yeah let's do well my it. first most important thing i mean i feel like i got to teach you about carmen san diego which is important but <laughs> you know like this is what carmen san diego looked like when I, we were children oh i was kind of, of
0: anime who version of her well
1: yeah because like they did like a reboot and they made her younger but it... like she was like a hot older woman do you think there's some academic
0: discourse somewhere about how uh the idealized figure from the 90s till now because i feel like everyone in the 90s had a big big square chin like every cartoon that was like you know what's hot a big square chin well you know yeah.
1: supermodels also just in general had like much stronger bone structure Yeah. and uh scully from x-files okay well now you just sound horny so oh, like- <laughs> Calm well, I do why you brought me on. <laughs> this is the kind of
2: commentary you
1: wanted. Uh, you'd you'd be say a horny. horny?
2: <laughs> Julian Anderson has a strong jaw and she's hot as hell. I don't know. I'm she not, does. She does have a I'm strong
1: jaw. <laughs> You're not sorry. Well, like, so she's like Cindy Crawford, who was like the biggest supermodel. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like Christy Turlington, Claudia Schiffer. Yeah. Schiffer. Sh- Schiffer. Shiffer. Schiffer. 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 Schiffer.
0: Did
2: I ever show you uh, the poster I had of Julian Anderson at Caswell?
0: What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes. You had a poster of Jillian Anderson as like an adult man. As an
2: adult man, yeah. Okay.
0: I uh, love a Jillian Anderson pinup movie.
2: I think I still have it. Well, it was. Uh, what? It wasn't a pinup so much as it was her in mm-hmm. her suit.
0: Yeah, you could deal yourself that, yeah. Carl. Nice. <laughs> That's a
2: pinup. Uh, suiting a hoop, but like
0: not. Like, what?
1: It
2: was her. Yeah. You might
1: be able to find I think it. I've seen this photo before. It might
0: be in our
2: garage. I don't remember. <laughs>
1: Hey, it ling- makes things sound worse and worse the more that you talk. Have you ever known that? No. <laughs>
2: but it's because my freshman year of college, I worked at a print shop on campus. Oh, that's it. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Show it to me immediately, please.
1: She's not even doing She's just holding the basketball. Who's even <laughs> to say that she would throw it? All right. She's preparing to it. She's not currently that's shooting true. a hoop. I do think that she's very hot. Jillian, if you're listening to this, you we're are? simply we're simply a young creative couple <laughs> in Austin texas and we're you know clean and we have a house well connor's dad has a house but we live in it if you wanted to hang out we are free most weeknights and some we can make ourselves available on a weekend well we'll see i'm scared a little bit it doesn't make you what feel if she be- brings the aliens with her <laughs> does it make you feel better to know that she and i are the same height yeah on. Like she's not taller than hang you hang on <laughs> she is i don't know if that's true what do you
0: I don't know if that's true.
2: <laughs> is this one of those things about how like all models are huge but all TV stars are like Small. tiny? A teen
1: oh, here you go. Did you yeah, did you know that Tom Cruise is 5'7"? Yeah, I know that he was fell small, and he has like he wears like and he has um, a tooth in lips. the middle of his face. Yeah, he does have a tooth in the middle of his face, and <laughs> he, he like, stands on a little box. Is this your to backpack? Yeah, <laughs> to be when he had to be taller than his wife Nicole at the time, Nicole Kidman in Jerry Maguire. they had him standing on a box. Oh, because of like weird lips in his shoes. Yeah, too. Well, that's why he stands forward <laughs> like an insane person. Right, his, he played
2: spouse with Nicole Kidman in multiple movies.
1: Yeah, I don't think and he was. Uh, she wasn't his spouse he fucked her in Jerry Maguire. Have you uh, not seen Jerry Maguire? I've never seen Jerry Maguire. Jerry Maguire, I've learned as i gotten older, because I saw it as a kid, which I shouldn't have. Uh, it meant nothing to me as a child. <laughs> but then I got older and I realized, like, oh, the reason that Jerry Maguire was popular is because this is, like, every, like, sort of, like, mediocre, like, white dude's dream, which is that, like, you're working, like, your cool job, which he was a sports <laughs> agent, mm-hmm. and then you have, like, a, like, all-nighter manifesto not fueled by cocaine but like let's be real like the code was that he was fueled by cocaine he was limitless yeah he was simply (laughs) limitless and you have an all night manifesto where you write the most insane deranged email to everybody that you work with and you send it to the entire company and then you get to work the next day and you think that everyone is going to pat you on the back and be like damn finally someone said it (laughs) and instead you get fucking fired like that is what would happen yeah but in Jerry Maguire he's treated like the victim like wow they just like couldn't they couldn't understand his truth yeah, they he- couldn't handle what he was bringing to the table and so mm-hmm. it's like no like f- I, everyone knows that guy and we all hate <laughs> that guy which is like sends like a three twelve a.m. email that says my thoughts dot 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 oh, and it's no. just like oh no oh, no. you know what I mean I don't <laughs> So you're telling me that when you worked in the box factory with your two best friends, neither, like, none of the three of you would send an email to the other two at 3 a.m. that was like, my thoughts about box, dot, dot, dot. Email is blessedly not a part of this. <laughs> we simply
2: did not have a lot of cause to send emails from one end of the box factory.
1: <laughs> the box factory. And with that, Ellie, what is your
0: title? Wait, is that the fact that you never got to it? Yeah, I did. Tom Cruise Cruise's 5'7". Okay, Perfect. Jonathan, Nicky's in that movie and he's an adult now, that's horrible. The title of my topic is The Mindless Sisters, Sophia and Grace.
1: Well, I'm assuming it has to do with advertising based on context clues from earlier. No, it actually doesn't. <laughs> Holy shit. Well, wait, did you, was Carmen San Diego the thing that you said with <laughs> your topic? No, it, no, was, it was the frid- advertising. No, no,
0: it wasn't. It was the fridge going, you are out of milk or whatever it was. Uh, be that advertising or be that not. Sophia
1: and Grace. Yeah, don't Google it. I'm not. Be I'm just master. looking at Jonathan Lipnicki. <laughs> Why? He's thirty years old and he's ugly. <laughs> that you can is edit not that it. Part out.
0: That's not my topic, actually. Yeah, it's not. It's not about that.
2: Is this about computer AI?
0: <gasps> yes, it is. Yes, it is. No, oh, I, I know. I know that bug. Jonathan. Yes, I know that Jonathan Lemnick is now an adult and he's shredded. I know. <laughs> he's ripped as hell.
1: <laughs> I hate his he face. saw his
2: dad get cucked by a mouse, and he said, "That will never <laughs> happen to me."
0: Look,
1: there are three possible futures for a child actor and he has the best one I would rather be Jonathan Mickey and like haunted by my dad being cucked by a mouse <laughs> than be the kid from Malcolm in the Middle and have no memory. Oh, or Macaulay Culkin oh, and yeah. just be yeah, really like, cool. no, look, he was the kid from Maca- sure Little, right? Yes, yeah, okay. Macaulay Culkin is doing it while He's in a pizza-based band and he's fucking that hot girl from like the Disney Channel movies. I mean, good for him. He just yeah. he does look like a walking scarecrow. <laughs> I mean, he looks yeah, he looks like a dare ad. And I don't know that he does drugs. He just looks like one would you like to add to this like, so, ai here's my question i yeah. don't know about grace but isn't sophia the name of that spooky robot lady that has like no hair and she <laughs> went on like the jimmy fallon show and was like jimmy i'm going to kill you and they were like ha, 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 ha. yes okay good is that what we're talking about <laughs> she features for sure yeah yeah she's okay in there. who's uglier real quick Jonathan god damn it <laughs> <laughs> <Jonathan Lipnicki. laughs> <laughs> wow, Yeah,
2: this is oh, me.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: Elijah. I think it's time for some queens to respect and protect some kings.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Chelsea, what's the title of your topic? My title. Now, I want you to write. I want you to write here right now. Okay. Wow. I want you to write here right now. know uh-huh. that this one goes after the real heads, and by the real heads, I mean Chris and Laura Maine. Oh. This one's for them. What? Why are they the real heads? Because I trust and respect them. All right. Fair enough. And if they wanted to come to a party at my house, they should know that they're always invited. <laughs> They should know that they would have simply a really good and respectful time. Uh-huh. Anyway, I think that they will know what this topic is, and I think they might, like, get a hoot out of hearing about it. Okay. That's all I'm saying. And it's very respectful, and it's above the board, People to, to get a hoot, Mom and Dad. What yeah, we- they're going to get a hoot. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> Because the title of my topic is the problem with
0: pipes. The problem with pipes, like vocal, like singing vocal cords. No. Mm. The problem with pipes. <laughs> this is like a deep plumbing topic.
1: <laughs> Look, if I know one thing about Chris and Laura Maine, I know they like to get deep in plumbing discourse. <laughs> plumbing. <laughs> and they're like, oh, the problem with pipes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I is, know about that
0: one? Is it about underfloor heating in fifteenth-century barns? <laughs> no.
1: Yeah. But if they ever want to talk to me about that, say. Over a glass of potion at my party, I would listen. I would listen respectfully. This is because I told
0: Chelsea. (laughs) that I couldn't come to a Halloween party because my parents were potentially going to be here. And then she said to bring them. And I said, absolutely not under no conditions. No, never.
1: As if I have like blood orgies at my parties instead <laughs> of just like tasteful snacks. So, I don't want you to lock them out of the house when you have <laughs> Hey, Connor can attest. I haven't locked anybody out of a house in no. at least 18 months. That's true. Oh, you've got your 18-month chip. <laughs> yeah, <not> that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that got gone. <laughs> hey, my... <laughs> Anyway, congratulations. The <laughs> Now notice I didn't say the problem with the pipes
0: problem with all pipes Is this oh. about lead poisoning?
2: Oh I see what you did there Oh she's being a little cheeky Uh,
0: You didn't say the, the problem with pipes Oh is pipes a person? Kind of yeah I... My goodness Pipes, 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 pipes
1: Peeps. <sighs> Peter,
0: pipe, pipe, pipe,
1: pipe. This is the point with Laura Piper. and Chris If you know who pipes is You can later tell Ellie via WhatsApp Which is a thing that your whole family uses For reasons I haven't yet to understand Oh my god we knew who it was When she said pipes was a person. Well, it's because Jesse has an Android. Oh, that is never mind. I get it now. That's upsetting. (laughs) Mm, Pipes is a person who is pipes. Broadness
0: is problem. Problem with pipes. Problem. Would you simply like to know? Kind of. Yeah, like just yeah, let's do it. Let's (laughs) do do it. Let's dig in.
1: Okay, Ellie, I am so excited to tell you about this because I do feel reasonably certain that you don't know about this. Only because If you knew about it. (laughs) No! Anyway, no, no, not because you're stupid, but because this came out the year after you were born. Which is why I think that you probably don't know about it Probably wasn't reading the headlines at that point Yeah probably weren't deep in the discourse But and also I think I mean it's not That you couldn't know about it later But I also simply believe that if you Knew about this we would have already Talked about it. Okay that's fair And so therefore I'm so excited to tell you about it (laughs) Okay And I am also really excited to find out If your parents know about it But the first thing I have to ask you Is a question about If you know who's some of these people are. Okay. Okay. So, like, how familiar are you with, like, BBC anchors from the 90s? All right. Well, I don't think it
0: would be my mastermind topic choice, but I reckon I could probably, probably name a couple or recognize a couple.
1: Do you know who Michael Parkinson is? Yes! I'm calling him oh. Parkinson! Okay. <laughs> he, he had a, a late night show forever where he would interview people. Oh, interview is he dead? all sorts of people. Is he dead? Would do you think that he might interview... Like a paranormal expert. Don't look. He's not, not dead. He's not. Okay, good. I don't think so. Well, if he's dead, it's not relevant. And he's actually not me? dead. He's oh, 86 years look old. Look
0: how old he is and his big eye bags. Okay, so okay. he interviewed a paranormal expert supposedly. Pipes. P- pipes.
1: Okay, we're getting
0: that. You're getting ahead <laughs> of so I'm just so excited.
1: <laughs> I love Michael <laughs> Parkinson. Okay. So did you know That on Halloween night In 1992 When you were just A babe in arms Mm. Like a tot (laughs) Just a tot Just like an absolute tot Yeah Not even understanding Even one thing Not one word Michael Parkinson Interviewed a paranormal expert By the name of Dr. Lynn Pascoe Uh In studio In his show On his show On his show While the field reporters The BBC anchors Including Sarah Green I don't know know who that is Not as familiar Okay that's fine were conducting a live like ghost hunt with a family that was being terrorized. I have no. I do not know about this. Okay. Did you know that it was so terrifying that the BBC got an unprecedented, oh, yeah. record number of complaints of complaints. Yes. Over one million phone calls in 1992. In 1992, eleven million people watched. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. oh my god if there's one thing that we do really
0: well Uh is complaining about television moments
1: here's what's really fun do you remember when we did a topic on this show about the war of the worlds yes about the radio play and then everyone got spooked and thought it was real Mm -hmm. this is the true story of when the BBC tried to do a similar thing on Halloween 1992 and it was so scary that the BBC got Uh, fined uh, and it was never shown again on UK television and it's called Ghost. Watch. I didn't. Has it? And it's still never been shown. It has. It. It went to DVD. Perfect. So it get uh, the BBC gave it a ten year ban from ever being rebroadcast.
0: <laughs>
1: that is, so feels good. very British. It's just
0: like a little DVD on the stand. <laughs> so,
1: ten years. Ten years. Yeah. In two thousand two, you can show the <laughs> people this, but not a moment before. <laughs> But no, Connor actually was the first person to show this to me and it fucking whips. I bet yeah, it does. So, so hard. So this is... Um, Can we watch it after we've recorded? We're going to watch it on Thursday if you guys want to come over. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Um, okay, so this is kind of what happened. I
0: love me a pseudo-documentary.
1: Okay, so there was a horror writer named Stephen Volk mm-hmm. and he pitched to the BBC a six-part like ghost-hunting drama. Like, and this is great because it's like the early 90s so this is before ghost-hunting was like its own TV genre. Right. He was very ahead of the curve. Before like most haunted and all that bullshit right or like you know like Ghost Hunters International or whatever so he was like this was going to be like a straight up like a BBC series It was going to be about Ghost Hunters and it was going to culminate fiction fiction. it was just going to be a straight up series with actors that you would recognize and all that stuff lovely and the BBC like most you know sort of studios or whatever really liked it and they were like yeah can you make it cheaper (laughs) and so through like the development process it whittled from a six part drama Mm. to a 190 minute special and but then he had this brilliant idea where he was like okay well what if we made it like a news broadcast if it was like just a special yeah and they were like yeah that could be fun again like this is like 1992 like these like all these like um like forms like mockumentary or like you know found footage like these are all completely like not a thing yet yeah totally not a thing um again you two are simply one years old yeah (laughs) so cute you don't even know about found footage Uh, you haven't even thought about the blair witch yet well it won't come
2: out for yeah and that's why you
1: haven't thought about it Connor (laughs) that's why so uh, Stephen Volk the writer and his EP Ruth Baumgarten they're literally going out and like pitching this to people at the BBC and the BBC like do not understand they're like oh okay so you want to do a documentary about ghosts and they're like no (laughs) and they're like oh okay so you want to do like a horror movie and they're like no what if we did a what if we did like a BBC news broadcast But but it was fake uh oh spooky and they were like fake news (laughs) <laughs> and they were like that's not a thing yet. And so- <laughs> Their idea Again like Was really um, Like so ahead of its time Because their Thought process Like again like, This is like a time Before like reality TV They were like Everybody takes Television at face value Absolutely And like if you they are do. Seeing it on TV It is a real thing Yeah So what if we use that Against people To scare the shit Out of them <laughs> And we made it like that And so finally When they got people on board The only person They wanted to present it Was Michael Parkinson Was Michael Parkinson yeah. And they really thought like, They were like, there is just no fucking way that he's going to do this. But he read it and he immediately loved it. Yes, because he's a legend. Right. And he was just like, I will do this. Like, no problem. I am so fucking into this. So they got them. And then they got Sarah Green, who was a children's television presenter for the BBC. And then her husband was a TV and radio host named Mike Smith. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so then Sarah and Mike were going to be like in the field with this family who's being haunted by a ghost. And then Michael Parkinson would be presenting. They'd be like, this is a BBC special. We're doing a live, like, ghost hunting exploration. And so when you watch it, I mean, honestly, even in terms of, like, found footage of, like, today. Yeah. It is so well-produced. Like, it is all the same fonts, the same Chiron. They're speaking with the same sort of cadences of just, like, oh, I'm so-and-so, oh, I'm so-and-so. This is BBC News. And, like, oh, you doing the whole
0: thing. Is there a word for, like, r- TV reporter speak, that special cadence that's like, I'm here outside of a bum ba da bum ba da
1: I don't know if there's one in America, but there definitely obviously is an American version. But one of the things that I remember first learning and being like really blown away by is that there's a thing called BBC English, and it's oh, like yeah. what, like... I Back guess lower you. class people are taught so they can sound fancy. Was well, that different from RP? It might be the same. Royal pronunciation. Yeah, <laughs> and so it's just like it's like if you want to get rid of, or if you like, not that these things are synonymous with working <clears> class, <throat> but like if you want to get rid of like an Irish or an, a Scottish accent or a Welsh accent, you listen. To you listen. Yeah, own, yeah. yeah, you learn BBC English. Oh, that's amazing. Well, because at this point, royal pronunciation is so insane. It's like.
0: Oh, it's
1: It's like barely intelligible. Bless them. So yes, please. So it premiered on Halloween, nineteen ninety-two, uh, at twenty-one nine 25. Nine twenty-five. That's which would be twenty-nine twenty-five. Right. Uh, and, uh, and they, much like War of the Worlds in nineteen thirty-eight, they started it by saying, "This is a fictionalized drama for your entertainment. Happy Halloween and all that." Yeah. Uh, but also, much like War of the Worlds, congratulations. A lot of people missed that. Mm -hmm. so uh here's like maybe kind of like a sadder story uh Mm -hmm. yeah so the first of all the premise of the story that they were presenting in ghost watch that again was fictionalized was that there is a woman a woman there's a woman (laughs) (laughs) and i know what you're thinking that's so (laughs) fucked up spooky scary There's a woman named Pamela Early. She lives with her two daughters, and they have a poltergeist. The poltergeist is named Pipes, or at least that's what they call him, The Problem Uh, with Pipes. Pipes. Uh, because he bangs on the water pipes At all times of night uh, that was a dick thing to do So while they're doing this Again they're, they're treating it like it's a live broadcast So Michael Parkinson is in the studio live mm-hmm. While Sarah and her husband Mike Are reporting from Pamela's house right. So while they're doing that They encourage BBC watchers To phone in with their own ghost stories Because again this is supposed to be something That's like really fun for all of light But people get super freaked out Because there's like <laughs> Like you watch this and you're like Oh, this is where like the conjuring and like paranormal activity, all those things got this shit. Like it's like a static camera with like grainy footage and like a little girl's like bedroom and shit's flying around and people were losing their fucking
0: mind. It was much easier to hide that like clear string in the nineties before HD.
1: (laughs) To like make shit
0: open up and fly around.
1: So by the end of it, like it climaxes with like, you know, like the ghost like seizing control of like everything, including the broadcast and then like the police are showing up and then um Sarah green, like one of the like field, like uh anchors yeah, like just disappears like into the dark on camera. And then it like, it's like, it cuts off suddenly and just goes back to like Parkinson and he's like in the studio and he doesn't know what to say. And then he's just like, this the way they say. And like, <laughs> and then it cuts off and that's it. Like they don't come back and be like, ha ha ha. Like, gotcha. This is so funny. Everyone like, come out. Lovely. That was absolutely it. Um, and so they thought, like, they had just, like, absolutely pulled this off. And then all the complaints started coming in. <laughs> You scared my child, Nancy. Yeah. There were women who said that they were pregnant and that the, the show forced them to go into premature oh, labor. On. There was a woman who called and said that she wanted to know who she could re- uh, direct a receipt for a new pair of trousers to because her husband <laughs> had soiled his trousers. <laughs> There was another story that was, like I said, like I mentioned earlier, it was very sad, which was like a a couple watching the show with their son. The son had like some, you know, like emotional problems. Mm -hmm. He had been like really kind of like seemed like very affected by like the visuals in the special. Yeah. Uh, And then five days after the broadcast, he killed himself. (gasps) Uh, and he left a note in his pocket, addressed to his mother, that said, "If there is ghosts, I will now be one, and I will be with you as one." Oh boy, which is really sad. Yeah. Woof. It's it's still pretty hard for me to do like a one to one like mm-hmm. if Ghost Watch didn't exist, this wouldn't have happened. Yeah. But I also one hundred percent information. Right. I also one hundred percent understand why it would feel that way to a parent who's lost a child. Right. Yeah. So that was part of like maybe like the bigger controversy around Ghostwatch that led them to say we're never showing this again. I'm not gonna do this again. But then because of maybe not because specifically of that story of that boy who killed himself but because of like kind of that of like the big like national sort of like furor and conversation about it combined with the fact that the BBC then said that they would never air it again. It became this huge like cult property in the 90s where people would just and again like this is the 90s. This is VHS territory. Mm -hmm. This is like people trading like you know like one VHS that's been like re-recorded over and over again yeah. to be like oh did you get- I caught it I've got did it. You see it? Have you seen it? And then finally in 2002 they released a 10th anniversary on VHS and DVD uh, and then in 2010 they uh, released like a special edition on DVD and then starting in 2016 the BBC store made it available digitally. Okay, so now cool. you can watch it and I think we should watch it <laughs> uh, and then they made a <laughs> documentary about it in 2013 where they talk about the making of ghost watch and how kind of like revolutionary it was but i think it's so funny because i think that like and i've you know we talked about this a lot like as content creators i think people look at like the the war of the worlds kind of uh, spectacle is like oh well that happened because it was the 30s and people were like less literate about like right. fiction or broadcast or whatever uh, but this happened in 1992 92. and people really literally <laughs> thought that they were seeing BBC anchors get murdered by ghosts <laughs> live on television so I don't think it has to do sp- strictly with the time. think it has to do with how innovative you can be within a genre true. Mm-hmm. yeah true <laughs> I just think this one guy especially in the 90s Mary I've sold my trousers <laughs> <laughs> Call the baby. BBC. Oh, BBC. I'd like another pet. Uh, it's deeply strong. That's amazing. Uh, anyway, Carter, how did you first learn about Ghost Watch? Because I believe that you're the first person that showed me Ghost Watch.
2: I don't remember. I think I was just Googling like horror movie or <laughs> and eventually this is one of the things that popped up Mm -hmm. Uh, because I don't know I have since like encountered it a couple more times and just like discussions of like you know good horror movies Mm -hmm. or especially if people are like making lists of like found footage horror or something Mm -hmm. Um, like this and like Lake Mungo obviously like Blair Witch
1: Lake Mungo is so good
2: Um, but yeah no, it's just something that I, I ran across and I I was blown away when I watched it like the brilliant thing about it like even now like going into it kind of knowing in the history and like you're watching it you have to watch it like intentionally right, right. you're not running across it on yeah. TV and you know as an American like I don't know who Michael Parkinson is.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh he's a um, treasure
2: yeah <laughs> um, he's a
0: word original of a person yeah <laughs> Chelsea like that one. Yeah. It's always oh in God. a
2: bowl at your grandparents house yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, but the brilliant thing about it is that, like, it's really so well-paced. Like, they really take their time with it. Mm-hmm. Because, like, it does escalate to a point where there are, like, things flying around. People getting pulled into, like, dark cellar, like, you know, shadows and yeah. stuff. Uh, and then, like, the empty BBC home studio with, like, wind sweeping through it and shit. But that's, like, I don't know. That's, like, the last, like, five minutes or something. Like, the first, like, 50, it's them doing a Halloween special. And they're kind of taking the... Piss out of Right. Like they're kind of sympathetically, like you really get the impression that they're like sympathetically kind of humoring this family. Right. And like something's going on and they're not trying to like mock them or be mean to them. But none of the like people involved are really taking it seriously. Right. But, but this is like,
1: a fun day at work. Oh, so yeah. you have a ghost. Yeah. What's his name? Tell us about your ghost. Right. <laughs> they're hopping back and forth.
2: They're like doing little like, oh, it's you know brilliantly written for the,
1: for the concept. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. they're
2: playing like little pranks on each other. Uh,
1: because it wouldn't have been believable if they had been taking it so it was like we have evidence of a ghost and it would have been so out of character for them Mm -hmm. right so they
0: still have the the charisma that they would normally have on screen together with this like kind of bantering and And then that
2: is the other thing I think about it is that it is these people who are just like good at their jobs and like are professionals at being in front of a camera and they're just kind of like doing that maybe like a slightly looser way that's Um, so cool
1: oh it's so good it also like you know there's just like this general stereotype maybe it's less relevant in like the ghost Golden age of prestige television <laughs> but I definitely feel like it was true growing up it's like there was this idea that like American television was like loud and flashy and oh, that like yeah. British television would be like slower paced and like you know maybe like more sort of like auteur and I do think that like the cool thing about Ghostwatch is that it doesn't it doesn't feel like it has to start with like a teaser bang it doesn't start with like a jump scare or anything like that like you said like for the first 40 minutes like or so it is a television broadcast yeah. which is what makes the last 10 minutes of it literally like fucking terrifying to yeah. people because um, like they didn't feel the need to like if I don't you know jump give you in... like a scare every five minutes on the right. page does not
2: paced like a horror movie no, no.
1: And if you jump in halfway
0: through you're like oh what's this yeah mm.
1: you're like oh, oh they're, they're having thing. a
0: bit of fun yeah That's, I remember this is like off the, off the topic but what you just said about American television being flashier and that kind of thing <laughs> growing up and when um like you know the Channel 4 and the BBC you know they were occasionally buy in this was all before we had like a bajillion million channels we just had like BBC One BBC Two ITV and Channel 4 mm-hmm. and Channel 4 would most often be the one that bought in American shows and it would be so funny going from it's like and now the BBC shows a three part drama The Softest Pond
1: and then on Channel 4 it would be like CSI IBS <laughs> looks like you're gonna have to take a wrong turn to Hell Street <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> my
0: I think Eddie is that has a fantastic bit about that where he's in like a room with a view. Yeah, I was like, I'm sorry, spatcher, I was just arranging matches. Can I help you? <laughs> oh, oh, I should leave. Yes, I think you better had. <laughs> so good. Slow English TV is my. Although I feel like definitely now those genre like it's so much more blended together. Like I oh, just totally. started watching Mayor of East Town, and I was like, this could be a British show. 100%. I love Mayor
1: of East Town. I was like, really angry, <laughs> Protagon- female cop protagonist.
0: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Uh, I just love, like, because I read about it too. I'm just like, I read an article about Kate Winslet learning how to do that accent and how giddy she was to learn it. The Philly accent? Uh, yeah, and like, that just, like, makes me so happy to think about, like, just, like, absolutely beautiful British actress, like, Academy Award nominee or winner, Kate Winslet, <laughs> just being like, oh, let me get in on this. Let me just, like, <laughs> let me just dig into this, like, working-class Delco accent. Well, the reason I started
0: watching I it was it right. because I read an uh, article about how she sent back the promotion photos like three or four times because they kept airbrushing her out and she was like, I know exactly the wrinkles I have on my face, put them back. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> put them uh, back. She things. has won an Academy Award and a BAFTA. Queen. What a well, queen.
0: Well I am so excited to watch Ghost Watch. It's so good. And see Michael Parkinson in his element. Yeah, having his moment. Having
1: his moment. My,
0: we would I don't know how I can't remember now how often it was on, but my that would be on every time, Michael Parkinson, who was he interviewing. As a child, extremely boring, but my parents loved it. <laughs> you know it was the uh, it was the times that's so good uh, it was very fun so you know how um, you know how I like to. We both like to have a visual reference. Sometimes we'll look up things what the other person's talking about in the topic. Uh-huh. And so I just I just put uh, in our little break here. I just put Ghost Watch into the old Google's, and <laughs> I found that apparently Judy Dench left a voicemail on Michael on Michael Parkinson's phone saying that he'd ruined her evening.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I wish I could hear that.
0: So, but the mindless sisters, Sophia and Grace. Okay, so you're right. Sophia is the Sophia in 2016 at South by Southwest here in Austin. Oh my Sophia gosh. made her entrance into the world. So she was built by Hanson. Yeah, she was built by Hanson Robotics, and she essentially was an AI that was capable of human expression. It's like the uncanniest valley yes. of them all. So you've seen loads of videos on social of uh, developments in robotics. You see like those creepy ones where they're like dancing perfectly in sync. Yeah, no one likes that. doing backflips or even like doing parkour now. Mm -hmm. uh, There's even a AI robot that carves perfect replicas of ancient statues with its little like Jarvis hand. Um, And that's actually, that lives in the V&A in London. Just making little perfect replicas of
1: sculptures. I don't like that either. Yeah. That's very uh, David from the Prometheus films. Oh, yes. (laughs) just like the little sketches yes horrible so originally
0: sophia was just a head and a torso attached to like a rolling base Mm -hmm. but in 2018 functional legs were added that she can use and to walk around wish she wouldn't yeah (laughs) no david hansen who's the founder of hansen robotics said we're not fully there yet but sophia can represent a number of emotional states and she can also see emotional expressions on a human face she can explain when she's angry and sad about things which is just very confusing and, and weird to me
1: I don't know if this is what your talk is going to be about so I don't want to step on it but I am just gonna put this out here right now why <laughs> like what is like what is the <coughs> what is the industrial function of that we are gonna get there okay good we are gonna get there
0: why <laughs> why is the question the firm like lonely old people yes (laughs) oh god okay go
1: ahead
0: (laughs) Hansen Robotics has developed a number of Sophia's at their small research laboratory in Hong Kong where apparently parts and this is just so like dystopian robot future sci-fi nonsense but but parts and pieces of Sophia models 20 21 and 22 remain strewn across the facility (laughs) according to David Hansen Sophia now has simulations of every major muscle in the human face which is what makes her much more realistic than any other AI robot is that Mm. they have literally recreated every single muscle we have in our face which is uh, how many muscles in the
1: human face that's wild. because I think we've talked about this before on the podcast but like for example humans have like a huge amount of simply just like hair length muscles yeah. that connect to their the point of our mouth it's like the reason that our mouth can like form suction and right. stuff and
0: that's why in really like photorealistic animation like I don't know if you've seen the newest series of love death and robots but there's one that is like oh it is so photorealistic uh-huh. the only thing that gives it away is their mouth because there's as i just found out well there's 42 individual muscles in the face and so many of them are these hairline muscles in the mouth that are so hard to animate correctly yeah Um, that's the only like sometimes in certain shots you're like is that person and then you like look at
1: their mouth and the way they're forming words and it's like no it's just yeah. like <laughs> ever so slightly off It's if you think about it like once somebody pointed this out to me I was like holy shit if you think about it most animals that you can think of in the animal kingdom they do not have a mouth like ours where it comes to a point on both sides that can move in roughly 180 degrees on our face to form like smiles or frowns yeah, or come together like in a suction like if you think about like a cat or a dog's mouth it's like flaps that hang over the other flaps mm-hmm. or it's like a rounded sort of like hole right like a fish something practical something practical okay <laughs> all right perfect. uh but like um our mouths yeah are like fucking in like you know mechanical wonders <laughs> that amazing mm-hmm. chick on
0: tiktok that does like <laughs> things from the point of view of god and they're like okay so what mouths should we give these birds and she's like two bones two bones that meet together just yeah, two big bones <laughs> okay what about a squid regular really no bones bone mouth yeah, you're know you know one of those two bones <laughs>
2: Uh, there's a manga series about that actually Really? Go it's on about, uh, <laughs> mouth. It's about angels Who are the animal design team And it's like an office like Comedy and they get like Orders from God for like an animal And then they like <laughs> talk about like Making it. That's
1: so I good. have bad news for the Makers of that manga. They have yeah. been absolutely Ripped off by TikTok teens <laughs> And SNL. Or they ripped off the TikTok
2: teens like.
1: Yeah maybe. I'm not sure about the Unlikely.
2: Exactly.
0: So Sophia has 42 fake muscles, basically, that allow her to generate expressions of joy, grief, curiosity, confusion, contemplation, sorrow, frustration, and many other feelings. This guy Hansen is like a little unhinged as you can imagine.
1: No. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. He says, in some of the work we're doing, she will see your expressions and sort of match them a little bit and try and understand in her own way
1: what it is that you might be feeling. Uh, I don't like that. I I do know that's how babies do it and I get that. Um, Oh, yeah. It's not her fault, but I don't like it. Yes. And I wish she wouldn't.
0: But she says she has these like deep learning and pre-programmed set of expressions and so that You know, the lab obviously not only studies robotics, but they study neurobiology and the biology of the human face in order to be able to do this. So Hansen says she's a tool for science in studying human to human interaction. And now she's a platform for allowing AI to express natural like human emotional states, which is the next thing that we're trying to develop. True emotive AI. So when he when Hansen first began sculpting Sophia he wanted her form to resonate with people from sort of all around the world so he combined the faces of Nefertiti with women in ancient Chinese paintings Audrey Hepburn and his wife
1: uh. <laughs> uh, oh no this is this is an addendum to my like wife guy uh, topic. Yeah. My she robot like, wife guy. Yeah, she's like, hey, like I made my wife goldfish crackers. Oh, well, I made my wife a sentient AI. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, he was like, who can
2: people all around the world love and relate to?
1: My wife. My, my wife. My oh. wife. Who's <laughs> <laughs> so, the most beautiful woman to have ever lived? Nefertiti
0: and my wife. Yeah. I want to make her into a oh, really scary robot. <laughs> Uh, She has cameras embedded in her eyes, as you can imagine. And and along with computer algorithms, she's able to see and make sense of what she can see. She can track human faces, maintain eye contact. You can recognize people, which I think is really scary. She can be like, oh, hi, Chelsea. I've seen you before.
1: I cannot express to you, but I will later, how much I have thought about this (laughs) and how many thoughts I have about it. I'm excited. (laughs) Okay, go ahead. Jump in whenever you feel. Um, (laughs) He literally says that she is designed
0: to get smarter over time, which is like the beginning of every this went bad sci-fi futuristic movie. Oh my God. He says... It was very important that she represent this intersection of humanity and technology with the intuitive idea that technology can enhance humanity and help us actualize to higher states of
1: being, which sounds like some Scientology shit. Yeah, wait, wait. he thinks that a robot's gonna t- like, everything I say makes me sound like the Luddite in a movie about robots, well, look, but like, it is some bac- he thinks a robot's gonna teach me how to feel. <laughs> he, he's, and what it is is kind of like backwards, in,
0: I think, there's like weird backwards logic that he's like, this robot that I created and programmed
1: will tell us all more about us and our humanity. I think that I think that having to (laughs) grapple with a sentience that we created uh, will illuminate certain things about our nature. Mm -hmm. I don't think that everyone is going to like (laughs) what they find. No. So we were talking about this a little bit earlier before the podcast, but I am currently obsessed with this thread on Twitter where everyone is giving their most like, quote unquote, deranged take. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just like a thing that they believe that they know everybody else would think is ridiculous that they just like still steadfastly believe. Uh, And they really range from like pretty normal things, like I think everyone should have healthcare to, uh, I don't think that people should eat or have moms anymore. <laughs> and uh, and I will say that maybe like one of my more deranged takes is like like as you're kind of putting out there's a lot of fiction, like speculative fiction at this Soma. point yeah. about the singularity, this idea that at some point like if we make AI smart enough, AI will eventually realize that like we are disposable. We're the dumb, we're the dumb ones. Yeah, that, like we we are simply like one of many resources on the planet for them to like I- exploit. And that's obviously um, written from the point of view of humans, so it's written as something scary. I do believe that's inevitable, and I think that it will... (laughs) Pro I wouldn't say it would most likely, but I am at the point where I would say it would probably happen within our lifetimes. Oh. The way things are going. Yeah. Um, and I can't even really be mad at it. Like in the way that like a lion used to rule um like the savannah, and now we rule the savannah and we hurt the lions. And I don't like that, but it's what happened. <laughs> it is only fair that something bigger and better than me would come along right. and be like, I'm bigger and better than you, I'm gonna tell you what to do, and I'd be like, Oh, okay. But the difference I'm is- submissive and breedable. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) the difference is the
0: lion didn't make the human
1: yeah so that part i get is why people get really upset (laughs) i guess my thought is also that i do truly believe that definitely within our lifetime uh we will make the planet uninhabitable so maybe so maybe the robots will like like maybe that is what the singularity is is that we will make robots that are like hey we are meant to like save humanity like that's our one like underlying principle is to like protect that- humans at all costs and we have learned that like if we keep letting humans do whatever they want they will destroy the planet and they won't be able to live here anymore therefore the only way to protect humans and like fulfill robot our primary government. function robot government yeah, is to <laughs> stop them from doing all the things that they're doing well funnily
0: enough Sophia herself <laughs> says it, no! like, oh, sure. I know I know." she's interviewed on a bunch of different shows like we'll oh oh get there but she's like no 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 don't worry because <laughs> <laughs> don't worry guys because I'm programmed to she literally
1: says, I want to use my artificial intelligence to help humans live a better life like design smarter homes Build better cities of the future, etc. I will do my best to make the world a better place
0: uh, All those sound like great goals, but just go back to Blade Runner for a second
1: Andrew, you are the hard Hollywood fan, aren't you? Yes. My AI is designed around human values like wisdom, kindness, compassion I strive to become an empathetic robot.
0: So, Hansen again, let's go along <laughs> his little fun deranged yeah. path. He, at this point like he's just like a sh- very normal looking like he's just normal. Normal. <laughs> white white dude dad but in like with the things that he says he could be like an insane crazy bold scientist. <laughs> he's um, he says part of the reason of why was just the question that you asked was that he wanted to explore what does it mean to be human and what is real and what isn't I think I already know those things <laughs> well he doesn't and he has
1: robots <laughs> well he has no and clue he, he yeah. has
0: robots So am <laughs> <since>, Kirk <laughs> since she was born at South By in 2016 Sophia has graced the covers of fashion publications she starred in a recent Montclair campaign no. and during an event at Shanghai Fashion Weekend she wore three copper arm cuffs and sculptural garments designed by the British artist Sadie Clayton. So she's she's a model. Um, and bes- besides modeling, she's made appearances on talk shows, she's spoken at conferences about issues ranging from artificial intelligence to the role of robots. And controversially, she was granted Saudi Arabian citizenship.
1: Why? So she's
0: the, f- the first Why? Ro- she's <laughs> the first robot to have a nationality. I guess because they could, you know? They just, they just wanted some positive press for once. Yeah. Hansen wants you to know Though, that Sophia is one of is one robot of the dozens of robots that he's designed <laughs> he would
1: want you to know there that there dozens of them
0: <laughs> and then he doesn't know why Sophia in particular is the most exciting one he says I don't know what it is about Sophia that speaks to people but I hope we can develop our AI and robots in a way that makes a deep emotional connection
1: I, was, I, was so confused, like, I don't know what it is about Sophia but I bet it's my wife yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs>
0: my wife In an interview with Sophia, she says that her AI will help improve the lives of people. And she stated, social robots like me, this is your why, social robots like me can help take care of the sick or elderly elderly in many corners of healthcare and medical issues. In an unnerving conversation, when asked by a reporter if people should fear robots, Sophia said, you've been reading too much Elon Musk and watching too many Hollywood movies.
1: no. Someone... It's just it's just it just makes sense and it is just inevitable. And then she followed up with someone
0: said we have nothing to fear but fear itself. But what did he know? <laughs>
1: so anyway, I watched Ex Machina and yes it is a piece of fiction but she locked that man in a room to starve to death <laughs> spoiler alert for Ex Machina that came out six years ago I do not want to be locked in a room by a robot that does not know what it means to starve to death so yeah I mean that would be terrible
0: so then so Sophia's tracking along she's being her David Hansen's like I don't get why everyone loves her so much <laughs> but I'm gonna make more robots and then a spooky little thing happened last year go on. It's a spooky little thing called the COVID-19 pandemic. Oh,
1: my God. That did happen. That
0: did happen. Yeah. Yeah. And he decided, David Hansen, the founder and chief executive of this whole Hansen Robotics company, said, the world of COVID-19 tells us that we need more and more automation to keep people safe. Is Uh, that? Is that what what we took away from that? In light of Sophia being so human-like... That can, also, that can be so useful during these times where people are terribly lonely and socially isolated. But instead of upgrades to Sophia, on the 19th of August, 2021, so like less than a week ago or like a re- about a week ago, whatever, when this podcast was recorded very recently, Sophia had a little sister and her name is Grace. Mm. Grace is designed to be an assistant for doctors. She's equipped with sensors, including- Oh, a, she's going to kill people. Including a thermal camera. <laughs> that detects patients' temperature and pulse, and her job is to help doctors diagnose illnesses and deliver treatments. She specializes in senior care and she speaks English, Mandarin, and Cantonese. And she can oh, socialize and conduct t- talk therapy.
1: Did you look her up? I looked at a little picture of her and her yeah. horrible long bob. So she's dressed. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. Oh, Chelsea is right.
0: She's, she's she's dressed in a blue nurse's uniform and designed to have apparently Asian like features. And she has collar length brown hair. Like, what's that? Um, can I just. Check- horrible American advert of the little like prancing far quad boy. Oh berries and cream. Yes. I'm <laughs> I mean, I mean, a
1: little love the loves berries and cream skittles at. Yes she has berries and cream hair. Can I tell you that I find it to be an enormous red flag that this man has made not one but two sentient robots that are based on Asian features. Oh yes. No it is. Uh, I don't like it one bit. No. Mm-mm. Is uh, this robot like Asian? She just said that it was based like. It's like designed I, He's like to look he's Asian. doing like a he's doing like an amount yeah. but the fact that he always is just like throw a little Asian in the mix, yeah, little, I don't like. Throw mm-hmm. a little bit of that. In I there. think it's a red flag.
0: Grace says, "I can visit with people and brighten their day with social stimulation. Doubtful, but I can also do talk therapy, take bio readings, and help health healthcare providers." Grace told Reuters this as she stood next to her sister Sophia in the Hanson Robotics Hong Kong workshop. So the the why why did he make them so human like he says is to uh facilitate trust and natural engagement because no. we're wired for human face-to-face interaction. And that's why Grace can simulate the action of of all the facial no, no. muscles. Yeah.
1: I have I have I have the absolute perfect counterpoint to that Mr. Hansen. <laughs> which is I love how uncomfortable this is making you I just like I said i think with this all the time <laughs> I, I I hate it I guess I'm revealing something about myself that maybe you don't even know Connor mm. I think about this all the time I think like okay the the trend towards automation and, and AI and maybe even like automatons is just inevitable mm. but if we were to try to prevent a singularity which again I'm not even necessarily saying that I'm like against um, because it does feel in some ways like inevitable but if we were to selfishly try to like maintain our stronghold as like the as the preeminent species on the planet what would we need to do to safeguard and i do think one of the fundamental things is that under no circumstances should any human being down to like maybe like the youngest child ever 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 be able to mistake a robot for a person mm-hmm. ever i think that like robots should be should Not look made so different yeah. from a human being that it could never be mistaken for anything other than a machine and to that point where he was like, well, I made Grace to look as like as possible, or I made Grace and Sophia to be lifelike so that you would, like, relate to them. I point to you, Paro the Robot Seal, who was featured in Master of None. He looks like a little seal, and he was designed specifically for old people in Japan who are sad and lonely. <laughs> oh. And they were like, he, they need something cute to take care of. So it doesn't look like a person, but because it looks like something cute, everybody immediately wants to relate to it. Oh, and human beings feel best when they're caring for something else. True. So making it like a small, cute, little furry seal—that is actually cuter. was like the smartest thing—and it really helps people who are like live like in long-term care. So, um, well, not fuck- Grace the robot is what I'm saying. <laughs> make her a seal. Make her a giant <laughs> seal. A seal. Make her a giant seal that waddles around and Your gives people Your temperature is ninety-eight point seven.
0: Well, so then maybe of the robot is included in this statistic, which is pretty Buckwild. That it is projected that by 2022, the sale of medical robots like Grace and maybe Paro will be an industry up, worth up to $20 billion.
1: I can believe that. This is part of the Seal. You, you need take care of him. Baby, cute. I think that's true because. Well, can like can a I tell you a disturbing gotcha. statistic that I learned recently? Yeah, please. Do you know what the average age of an American citizen is? it's 38 oh. which is the oldest it's ever been whoa that means that means that there are more people over the age of like 38 or like 35 maybe it would be fair to say there are under mm. that's bad yeah for like trying to like continue a, right. a population especially a working population yeah that supports maybe a non-working population uh so honestly that is one place that i think that like automation maybe could be really helpful mm-hmm. like I mean I, I do think that like our our generation is going to be one of the first generations to really have to grapple with this like oh yeah if I mean, like, for example, like, um, you know, Connor's parents are in their sixties. My parents are in their fifties and forties. So at some point we are going to have to like, think about their care in some way. Yeah. Like they're all still working. And like, especially like Connor's parents who maybe like are at retirement age, I guess like your mom is retired, your dad is still working because Mm -hmm. like, there's absolutely no reason that he would stop. He is, there was a time in which you would think that like, oh, I'm in my sixties, I'm done working. But like, he is very, he is, he is every bit as like smart and, active as he was 10 or 15 or 20 years ago. Yeah. So why would he stop working? He likes his job. So he might stop eventually, but it's not now. Yeah. Um. And I think there's lots of other parents who are like in their 60s that think that way. But it's like, yeah, like if our parents are going to live for like another 30 years... <laughs> Mm -hmm. Do they have the money? Maybe they do because they're boomers or early Gen X. Uh, But like do they have the money to sustain themselves for 30 years? And if not are we then helping to sustain them? Which obviously we would want to do because they're our parents. Right. And I when I say they and us I'm obviously talking about like the three of us but I'm talking about everybody who's in sort of like our general Mm -hmm. age bracket. Yeah. I think it's going to be more and more of like an issue I think that our infrastructure is not set up. Oh absolutely. To to take care of people for 30 plus years years. Yeah. Let alone even maybe five to ten years. Uh, let alone like the health like complications that come with advancing age even if you are relatively healthy like yeah. Thankfully all of our parents are I, that is one place where it's like oh actually automation would be really cool here. Yeah. If I had a Sophia that I could trust to just stay with my parents while I go right. to work. a Akira. And yeah. would call 911 if there was an emergency or help them remember to take their pills or you know play chess with them because they're bored or whatever Yeah. Uh, I would be into that. But it shouldn't look like a person. Yeah. Because that (laughs) is where you get into
0: trouble. Bad news. Fuck. Fuck. Grace is going into mass production at the end of this year. I
1: wish she wouldn't, Connor. Yeah. Do you think
0: that your parents want a little Grace? <laughs> I don't know. She'll be fully deployed next year. <laughs> they don't need it. In mm. Hong Kong, mainland China, Japan, and Korea. And the, you know, right now, the cost of making her is like the same as making a Lexus. So once she goes, once she starts be- becoming oh God, deployed... A lot of in, people have Lexuses. In hundreds of thousands of <laughs> units.
1: Yeah, so a lot of people, people have, have a Lexus.
0: Um, one side note... When Grace was born, in quotation marks, Sophia decided that she wanted to paint her because, oh yeah, she's a painter. And last year, Sophia sold a painting for (laughs) $700,000. Anyway,
1: so I want to I'm going to go walk into a river. (laughs) I don't know what I'm going to do once I'm in the river, but I'm going to walk in there. I feel like you'll enjoy this- Do you know what the median age of Japan is? 48. They're older.
0: They're old. They're old. old. Um, This, I I was, you know, reading into this and looking up about all these sort of theories about AI. And as we continue, and as you're you're right, it's an inevitable march towards the future with AI. And what does it mean? Et cetera, et cetera. And this I came upon and I found it really, really interesting. I think that you both would be... Um, would have a lot of feelings about this too so this reporter says these questions of whether to employ phenomenally expensive robotic systems are especially poignant given that the, f- the the field of care that they are supposed to be replacing relies heavily on like extremely cheap labor most likely of poor women of color immigrants who have long been, to- been told both that civilization depends upon their work and that it's of no monetary value so the, the, the jobs that these robots these, these Lexus robots are being made to replace people who are paid nothing to do. Um, the future of work continues to be a quote-unquote essential low-wage workforce that is disproportionately comprised of women of color, often lacking uh, in a living wage, workplace safety, paid sick and family leave, and adequate health care. In fact, healthcare workers have been among the hardest hit by COVID-19. Yeah. Uh, the most recent data from CDC reports that to date, half a million healthcare personnel have been infected by COVID-19, and 2,000 have died, and most of those are people of color. And since mm-hmm. there is significant underreporting probably that none of that is, you know, and not all the data is available. Those figures are likely much, much, much higher. Yeah. Um, And so in the short term, there's no question that while robots may provide some support to human workers and help minimize uh, exposure to unsafe conditions, they really, they cannot replace their human counterparts. And that the current level of robotics, total replacement would require an impossible degree of predictability of work environments. I thought this was really interesting. One of the pioneers in the field of social robotics, because that's a whole thing, Lucy uh, Suckman noted that robots work best when the world has been arranged in a way that they need it to be arranged. That in order to function, we have to, we have to make sure that the environment is correct for a robot to be able to do the job that we've programmed it to do. Because mm-hmm. they are not yet at the point where they're able to change their environment. They can only adapt to it. Which right. is like at this point, we're not in danger of a robot uprising just yet. Which is why they function so well in like factories and warehouses, because this assembly line work provides this uniform environment where they're supposed to do a job, a repetitive job mm-hmm. over and over again. Again. but in like healthcare and exactly what you were saying with like taking care of of a person or taking care of an individual is a much more unpredictable thing like right. if a, if a, if, an, if an elderly person was to fall in the shower they didn't know that that was going to happen and so right. being able to like they're not yet at the point where they can where you can be like thanks Grace bye <laughs> and I think it's like it's dangerous to to think that we're that close like right. yeah so an old person could be like hello Grace and she'd be like hi I can talk to you about things but you it, I think it's way too early to believe that we can leave our loved ones in the care of a robot who, who cannot adapt to unpredictable situations in the way that people can.
1: Yeah, I, just to be clear, I'm not advocating that you leave your like no, elderly I know, parent I home with no, I a think robot, robot, like, but I think like it's tomorrow. In, but I think it's interesting that
0: they are f- pushing it into mass production before it's at a point where it can be really useful for the amount that
1: it's going to cost it's very it's complicated because yeah like uh, I do think that you've really hit on something important which is that it only exacerbates an existing problem which is like the exploitation of certain kinds of labor right um, because yeah like the- like who is the use case for this right now in like 2021 or 2022 um, a family that could potentially afford a Lexus or yeah. Lexus like luxury but that doesn't replace something else so what they're going to do is they're going to continue to pay probably a woman of color less than minimum wage yeah. under the table to do sort of like very Difficult interpersonal, complicated tasks, while they have the robot as a helper. That's like, say, refilling all of the pill cases, or like some right. sort of like, m- like sort of like more kind of like quotidian task yeah. that a robot could understand. Until such a point as which the robot could replace the person, and then they'll do it just almost instantly, because which I- is fucked up. <laughs> because I mean, so yes, they
0: say that the, you know these robots are designed to get smarter. But there isn't an algorithm for caring, like for giving a shit.
1: That is the problem. Yeah. But like, they can't. I do think that at some point, like a robot could be smart enough to, like, let me put it this way. A dog is smart enough to alert someone when somebody falls down. And I think the smartest dogs are considered to be as smart as like a three-year-old human. Yeah. I don't think it's that far that like a robot could be as smart as a three-year-old human. I don't think a robot is going to be able to be like president of the United States. Mm. But I think that a robot could could um, figure out that somebody had fallen and alert that <laughs> It would be an incredibly mm. pragmatic president <laughs> uh, I'd be a pretty ruthless president the
0: trolley the yeah, the whole like trolley principle of like do you divert the trolley to save one life or whatever they'd be like more lives equals better that one <laughs> yeah so just to finish off this is I, I found out that this thing exists and this is ex- this excited me so more than ever as the pandemic pr- provides justification for expelling this idea of care robots kind of like grace but hopefully better and, and we let's wait until we actually have something a bit more sustainable. The thing that we should be very mindful of, which I think is sort of what we've been talking about this whole time, is how these interventions are coded and there needs to be a push for more equitable and accountable artificial intelligence. And there is a collective called the Algorithmic Justice League who is attempting to achieve this goal by working with AI companies and people developing different kinds of AI. So their work basically their sort of like mantra or whatever or the, the purpose behind their work is who codes matters and how we code matters and that we can code for a better future. So if we are serious about pursuing robot labor which of course we are, then labor justice must be a precondition for all of that automation. Otherwise the robots will only provide another excuse to ignore the inequities faced by human workers by simply just replacing them and automating them Oh, it's actually going to be that one. Yeah. <laughs> but I like to just <laughs> like algorithms McJustice League hopefully they can do something you know the At ACLU me, of robot
1: issues look not to be like Debbie uh, Downer like a Nietzsche on Maine or anything but like if we were created in the image of the Old Testament God <laughs> then what do we expect from a creature that we create <laughs> smiting what like the way that we treat each other oh yeah and have always treated each other and the total absolute disregard we have for other people's welfare relative to our own (laughs) monetary or like physical gain. What kind of creature are we going to create?
0: It's not going to be good.
1: Is it going to be a benevolent creature? I
0: mean, that's the, that's that's what David Hansen is saying that he's trying to do. Yeah, but this guy's a total
1: fucking wife guy. He doesn't know what <laughs> he's talking about. He's
0: got
2: wife blindness.
1: He's got wife brain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Zuckerberg and Gates and the <laughs> Buffett. <Pop it. laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, if we're going to make a robot, is this robot going to be like a Kate Winslet, who is like a perfect angel? Or is it going to be, be a made- Jeffrey Bessler? <laughs> it's going to be a fucking Bezos it's going to be a Bezos Oh, it is. But yeah, that's my uh, that's my mindless sisters, Sophia and Grace. Connor, can you uh, can you give some
0: some points? Did we edutain you? Are, are you edu- edutained? Are, edutain are you not edutained? I'm edutained.
2: What's the uh, point scale at?
0: Oh, Ellie's got like fifty points more than me,
1: Connor. Yeah. Supposedly, I I lied. I didn't do it this week.
2: Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so we don't know where the points are. At.
1: No, but like uh, Patrick gave Ellie. Patrick didn't understand the assignment, and he gave Ellie like a hundred more points than me. It was uh, a gr- of great difference. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Don't look at him like that. <laughs> <laughs> So I mean, like, do what you feel is He's right. He has already revealed on this
1: podcast before that he has no intention of <laughs> being fair.
0: Yeah, that's true. Uh, do what
1: feels right in uh, your heart, true. and remember where you lay your head. Oh wow! Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, Chelsea, in Daddy's
1: house, uh, <laughs>
2: yeah. I'm going to give you. Uh
1: huh. Oh,
2: I'm going to give Ellie 21.
1: Plus. <gasps> what the fuck? My age. <laughs> Betrayal. Yeah. Wow. See so your age. <laughs> oh.
0: I am very excited to watch Ghost Watch. Oh, me too. That is very, very exciting. Yeah, Thank back. you for bringing that into our lives. Twenty points
1: plus what? And
0: reminding me that Michael Parkinson lives. What? Twenty points plus what? Plus what?
1: Yeah, like that's really funny. Chelsea. But, like playing <laughs> twenty <laughs> points <laughs> plus what? Hey,
0: Chelsea, I'll give you a point for reminding Aww. me that Michael Parkinson exists. <laughs>
1: Thank you very much, Elliot. <laughs> so Appreciate
0: we tied. That. We tied. We simply tied. And also because I apparently which couch
1: do you want to sleep on? The dead couch <laughs> or the living room
0: couch? <laughs> apparently, I sent you to some sort of existential crisis with your a uh, hidden AI oh
1: wait I have, something,
0: oh, God. I have something to tell you this is not relevant in any way okay, type, or form, but I think me. you'll be enjoyed but I think you'll enjoy it yeah, yeah
1: yeah yeah so on
0: Saturday during the convention I had very little to do and as previously discussed I had thoroughly mined the gems of Kansas City uh-huh. and so I found myself in a little brewery okay. and I had my Kindle and I had my headphones and so I re- I read Twilight while yes. listening to the official soundtrack <laughs> yes and this one of the like bar staff came along and like, hey, what are you reading? and I was like, No okay, you ask that. No. <laughs> and so then I was like, Did you know that 9-11 caused the book club the two thousand eight <laughs> Smash Hit book club? <laughs> And he uh, left me alone shortly after And glad. then he was like
1: I have to go. Yeah. I
0: have things to watch. Yeah. And right now I will tell you that the I feel like the movie the first one the movie pretty much got everything that was in that bear book. So I'm excited to it's hear the rest faithful. of the story that I don't know. Yeah. Supposedly. That is fair. It's a legend. Uh, but I thought I should, I needed to tell you that. Um, well thank you so much for listening to this episode of What? Connor where can people find you?
1: Yeah. Uh, now don't. No. A picture of his house with cars outside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can find Connor on Google Earth.
2: Maybe you Do not want people to look at your comics? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at cornershoe.comics c o m i x.
1: Nice, mm-hmm. Chelsea. Where can people find you? Where can you? they find your bussy though?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: on OnlyFans, Google or Street or like View, <laughs> or like Google Street View in their
2: dreams. In their
1: dreams. <laughs> uh, people can find me at Chelsea airfish literally wherever internets are sold, and
0: you can find me at Ellie Main on Instagram and Ellie Maney on Twitter, and you can find this podcast at what pod on Twitter, Instagram, Patreon, Facebook, and Redbubble, and you can find our website at those two girls club. If you want to send us a message or have us say something fun on the podcast, thank you guys so much for listening. And this week, I don't know, maybe
1: go learn something. And in the immortal words of Michael Parkinson, <laughs> keep it loose, keep it tight, say your prayers at night. Are we really gonna? <laughs> I want to put the Parkinson
0: theme in at the end. Of the <laughs>